Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. This is Brother Aaron. This is another Tuesday night. You know, I, I'm doing a little something a little bit different tonight. You know, it's a song that, you know, it's been a blessing to me for a long time. Um, but I'm going to play it, just a little bit of it, you know, um, until it gets to the – it's all good for me. I, I, I love the worship. I love the presence of God, you know, with what we're hearing going on um, in Ashbury and really all over, you know, saints of God. It's time to get closer to God and to allow the spirit of the Lord just to permeate our being. So as we listen for about two, maybe two, maybe three minutes of this song, you know, I'll bring it in. We'll open up with prayer, you know, um, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and um, do the things that we do and uh, get out the way, you know, and we'll see you the next time. So just listen to this for a minute. Come on. This is Bishop Andrew Merritt and the Straight Gate Mass Choir. Like so much time passes, 
really doing it. And I don't want to miss any time that I put presented to God for him. For his word. We fill the air with the song of his praise. He's worthy. Ah, yes, God. He fills the air with the rain from the clouds of his glory. I can listen to that over and over again. But we're going to go ahead and get into the broadcast. So, again, welcome you guys that are here, you know, for being here with us. And we just thank God for you. As we go on, I'm I'm switching up and doing some things that are on the phone, hopefully still in line. So, Rob, am I in in, off out of the queue? Amen. So I'm out of the queue. So I'm gonna go ahead. Praise Lord. God bless you, Pastor. Right, you know. Um, but we thank God. Listen, we thank God for His presence. We thank God for giving us a mind just to enjoy His presence, to not have a facade of righteousness or facade of holiness or even of Christianity, but to really have a desire to be Christ-like in this generation. You know, um, there is also and always have been. You know, we can talk about our past, and none of us are perfect. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But what God has done, you know, um, I find myself pouring out of myself to God. And, and, and that's not to say a lot about me, but when you've come to the realization that without God, you're, you really are nothing. We sing the song in church, you know, without him, without his presence, without his spirit, without his word, without his empowerment, without his mercy, where would we be? I, I, and and, and I, I'm going to continue to go on until he releases me off of this thing. I'm going to continue to go on about the condition of our heart. You know, and, and we talk about David often, you know, um, and we know, and, and everyone's favorite scripture about David is that David was a man after God's own heart. But we also see when we read the stories of David and the history and the life of David, David wasn't a perfect man. But yet being imperfect, his heart was perfect towards God. And God is calling, listen, the Bible tells us that God is calling all men everywhere. Hey, Mom, all men everywhere. Now, this ain't that thing God used to wink at, but now it's commanding that all men repent, that there, there is a repentance, there is a breaking, there is a coming to God, begging for his mercy. And we, we don't want, we don't like that illustration. We don't like that example of coming and bowing before God broke it. We 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 don't like that example. We we want to come. We we want to we we want we, we want to come but we want to come standing. We we, we want to come, you know, like we're we're someone. We like like we got a lot going on for ourselves, but really our wretchedness, you know, our depravity, our sinfulness was so corrupt that we don't even know ourselves. The Bible tells us that the the heart is desperately wicked, deceitful, and desperately wicked. Listen, what it says, above all things, listen, our heart, your heart, my heart is, is so corrupt and foul without the presence of God, without the spirit of God, without the pulling and the reigning of God to, 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 to show us our heart and to cleanse our that without God, we can have church, we can be religious, we can do the things that look right and righteous, but still have no real depth or no real truth in our hearts. We can put off a side that looks good to people, but God is desiring truth on the inside of us because God looks the heart. I will, um, uh, Brother Brown, thanks, Van. You know, uh, we had a, the cop that got killed over in Philadelphia, the police officer on Temple Campus that got shot and killed. We want to um, definitely keep his family in prayer. Thanks for that reminder, Van. But we want God to look at our heart. 
when it says that man looks on the outward. So, so, so when we're not conditioning our heart, when we're not moving and realizing the depravity of our heart, the motives of our heart, the conditions of our heart, and placing our heart before God, when we're not working on our heart, who really are we trying to please? If the Bible tells us man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. God not looking at your Abirani suits. God not looking at your lizards, your ostrich shoes. God not looking at your red bottom shoes. God not looking at your hair. You God not looking at what you spent on the outer. But God not looking on how well you shout. God not looking, Hallelujah, on how much you go to church, how often you pay your tithe. God is looking at your heart. And, and, and I'm coming out of Psalm 78. What triggered this again, because every, every, every week that I'm going, and I think I'm moving to something, you know, I, I know the broadcast is coming, and I'm reading just for feeding, you know, just to get fed, just to strengthen my spirit. I'm reading. But then, again, something comes up that stirs that question about the condition of our heart. Now, and as I was reading Psalm 78, you know, and Psalm 78 is a song written by Asaph, and Asaph was a teacher in Israel. He also was from the house of Levi. He was a Levite, so he was not just a teacher. He was a priest. And as I read this, it, it, it gives a great summary and great illustration of the people of God and the mercy and goodness of God. Even in the midst of a perverse and hard-headed generation, and even in the midst of a rebellious people, God's goodness still shines through. You know, and, and, and I believe that a lot of us are still depending on that. We're depending and trusting the goodness of God to get us over our shortcomings. And yes, God's grace is sufficient for us, for his strength is made perfect in weakness. We understand that we're moving from grace to grace. We're moving from strength to strength. We're moving from rank to rank. We're moving from glory to glory. But does the condition of our heart change? I'm, I'm going to read I'm gonna read a lot tonight. Yeah, I'm going to read a lot in Psalms. And I'm, 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 I think I'm going to just read really uh, the first, I believe, 17, 18 verses as I go through. And, and I pray that you pray with me, you know, as I pray and, and, and read through this. But um, Asaph is saying, listen, listen to what I'm saying. And I'm paraphrasing, you know, the first few scriptures, you know, as you read with me. You can read out the King James, the New King James. I'm going to be paraphrasing as it goes on. So as, as we go through this, it says, in verse 1, it says, give ear. Listen, listen to my law. This is what he's telling me. Listen to the law. Listen to what I'm saying. Open up your ears and pay attention to the words that are about to come out of my mouth. This is what Asaph is saying to the children of Israel while he's trying to guide them despite their unbelief. Remember when you, when Israel didn't do what God said or didn't trust God in certain areas, they it was considered unbelief. It, was, it wasn't just unfaithfulness. It wasn't wickedness. It was considered unbelief because they didn't trust God to take care of them. And as we remember the story, of Israel, the children of Israel complained about what God said. We'll, we'll get to that because that's in here too, and I want to definitely read this. It says, I will open my mouth and speak. I'm going to say some wise things. I'm going to say some things that are you know from back in the day. I'm going to say some dark uttering, some proverbs, some parables. You know, and, and, and then verse 3 says, listen, it's not just something that's a mystery. It's, it's not something that's a secret. It's something that you've already heard. And this is where it really started perking my ears when I was reading in my devotion because it was we, we're looking for revelation. We, we're looking for something new oftentimes. You know, we're looking for that fresh word. We're looking for that word we never heard. And God said, listen, I'm, I'm telling what I'm about to tell you, you already know this. So, so don't give me an excuse. Don't, don't look for a fresh revelation. And our pastor used to say, why are we looking for a fresh revelation when we haven't obeyed the first word God said? Why, why are we looking for something new and we haven't even followed from what he told us from the beginning? But verse 3, which you have heard and known, listen, even not just from what you read, not, not just from what the tablets have said, not just from what the law, it says, but your fathers told you. 
Your parents told you. You had examples in front of you of what to do, of how to act, of how to conduct yourself. You had these examples in front of you, not just something that you heard, but something you've known because you've seen it and it was practiced and rehearsed in front of you from your parents, from your father. Verse 4 if we will not hide from this from their children, showing the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works which we have done. This is the thing that they want to know, that God has been good to us, that God has been merciful to us, that God has been gracious to us, and we want to let our next generation know just how good God has been to us, my God, that they may know that they may come. Why? Because when troubles are going to come in their life and they have to know who to rely on, who to call for. We we, we often know. I, I remember some, one time I was I, I was in a in a place and I was I was scared. I was young. I was by myself and I began to call out for my mom. I began to call for my mom and she heard my voice. And she came to see about me. I remember that. Hallelujah. And, and God wants our heart to be the same way. When trouble comes, when sickness comes, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. But we have to call on the name of the Lord. Verse 5, for he established the testimony and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers. Listen, this is not just something that was suggested. This is something that was commanded. What's the commandment? That they should make this known to their children. The commandment of God, pass it from generation to generation, pass it. Hallelujah. Not just in your boys, not just in the barbershop, not just in the church house, but in your house. Pass it to your children from generation to generation. Verse 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children, listen, which should be born. Not just my children, but my children's children. Not just my children, but my grandchildren, those that aren't even here yet, that the witness of God would be so evident. Hallelujah, that even the next generation would understand and know the goodness of God who should arise and declare them to their children. What a perpetual law. What a perpetual law God has placed in our hearts, in our minds, on us, that we would pass this law, that we would pass his goodness, that we would pass his testimony from generation to generation to our children. How would it happen? Because as our children begin to practice what we practice, they would begin to get to know God the way that we know God. Remember, it says that Moses knew God. The children of Israel knew his acts. They didn't know of God. They didn't know to call him. They knew to look to Moses. But if they would have known that they could call on God themselves, listen, we all have pastors bishops, apostles, whoever, whoever's appointed leaders over us. The Bible says, listen, let their testimony of us, when they go before God and say, how was this man, how was this woman, let this, let their testimony be a good testimony. Oh, they knew you. I'm, I'm waiting not just to hear the Lord say, well done. We all want to hear that. We're going to hear the Lord say, well done. But I want my pastor to have a good report for me. I want the people in my church, in the congregation, to have a good report on me. Because, listen, my life hasn't been all good. My life hasn't been all such much. My, my life hasn't been all obedience. I, there was a lot of craziness in there. But the mercy of God. And, and this is where the, the, the teeter goes, because people see the mercy, and they want to teeter towards the mercy and the grace and not the obedience. But obedience is better than sacrifice. My God, how they verse 7, that they might set their hope in God. That, that, that our hope might be in God. I, I've been going, you know, and I've been down here for a few months here in Georgia, about, almost about six months. And for the last, I say a month and a half, two months, I've been applying for a lot of credit, 
uh, and, and I've been going on and on and on, and I want credit and I need this, and I'm looking for money to be able to expand and do some things that I want to do quickly. You know, I, I'm willing to wait. You know, I'm, I'm willing you know, to, to wait for the Lord's time, so I'm not in a hurry. But I was trying to get it done before a certain time um, for financial reasons. And as I was doing it today and just going through the Internet and looking on YouTube and looking up agencies and looking up, up funding and all different things to, to, to call and try to get in correspondence and contact with, I began to think about, God, did, did I ask God for this? I pray, I pray for open doors, but then I pray and say, God, I, I'm trying to trust these people to give me money and the cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. Why am I not asking you for the money? So, so as I sat there, I felt bad because I had a list of about three pages <laughs> of bankers and lenders and people that I had called and been in correspondence with. And, and, and I didn't even remember once asking God for the money. I asked him for the open door, but I didn't ask him for the money. But it says here in verse 7 that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Verse 8, and not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was, listen, was not steadfast with God. And this is where it really began to turn for me because the next, I'd say, seven or eight verses just gives a testimony of just how good God had been, how patient God had been, how gracious God had been to the children of Israel in the midst of their plight, in the midst of their passion <laughs> through the wilderness for those 40 years before they came into the promised land. And I'm not going to stop or, or, or try to reiterate or try to emphasize anything or illustrate anything while I'm reading it, but I'm going to read it down until I get to the scripture where I want to stop at. But I just want to read that starting at verse 9, the children of Ephraim being armed and carried bows. Listen, he they came and he turned them back, turned back a day in battle. The day of they kept not the covenant of God. They wanted to go out and God yeah, I let them, they, they were ready for war. They, they were dressed to kill. I said, I wasn't going to stop it. I'm stopping it. <laughs> they, were, they were dressed to kill. They were dressed for war. And God allowed them to be chased back by the enemy. My God, hallelujah. They kept, because they didn't keep the covenant and refuse. Listen, they didn't just miss the mark. The Bible says here in verse 10, they refused to walk in his law. They refused to do. That means they made a conscious choice not to do what God told them to do. My God, hallelujah. And forgot his works and his wonders that he showed them. Listen, marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt and in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand up as a heap. In the daytime, he led them with the cloud. At night, with the fire, he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of a, the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. My God, in the middle of a desert, he brought water. He brought sustenance to sustain and keep them in the middle of the desert. He, he brought water out of a rock. He, he covered them and gave them shade for, as a covering in the day from the hot and from the heat of the sun in the desert and then lit the way and protected them from the, not just from the Israel, not, not just from the Egyptians, but protect them from any, um, any, any wild animals that might have been there. My God, he kept them in the midst of their wilderness. But then verse 17 is where my heart broke. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking, in, provoking the Most High in the wilderness. God did so much, but yet they sinned the more. I, I, want, I want you to pause right there and look at your life. 
we, we testify just as the Bible just testified of the goodness of God. We, we testify just as the Bible just testified of the graciousness of God, the grace of God, the pity of God, the patience of God, the long-suffering of God. But we see just as the children of Israel, and they sin yet more. Listen, provoking the Most High in the wilderness, verse 18, and they tempted God where? In their heart. My God. They tempted him. I feel my heart breaking all over again. And they tempted God in their heart, asking meat. Listen to these next three words here in verse 18. For their lust. Why? Because he was feeding the man. Man ate angels food in the wilderness. But yet they craved for the leeks and garlic. Yet they cried for meat. They said, you know, and it says in in in, in the first five books of, of of the of the Bible that they asked, they they provoked God. They, what is this? What what is we eat? Can't we get something else? Mm-mm-mm. And they asked, verse 19, I'm going to stop right there in this book. Can God furnish a table? They criticized. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? They, they, they're not asking, can God feed them? They're saying, can't you do better than this? That, that, in essence, that's what they're saying. They're saying, okay, we came through, we we see the cloud, and then you can't believe, oh, praise, praise the Lord, thank God for that, but come on, this is this is all we're getting oatmeal, and I'm proud, I'm just putting my own vernacular in there, this is all we're getting cream of wheat, really, it ain't got no sugar in it, I, I mean, come, come on, God, this is all you got, we ain't got no bacon, come on, no, no, no eggs, no grits, I mean, come on. You know, no muffins. You, you, you really, God, come on, this is all you're going to give us? It is, it, 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 it is manna? We don't even know what this is, really. <laughs> you know, we feed them, but it says, and, and, and the key words is those three words in verse 18, asking meat for their lust, not that they weren't satisfied. Not that they weren't sustained, not that they weren't filled, not that they weren't eating, not that they weren't didn't have enough nutrition, but because they wanted more. My God, and we're looking at our hearts today. We're looking at our hearts, and I'm going to, I want you to turn real quick to Second Timothy, First Timothy, rather, First Timothy, and I want you to turn to chapter six. First Timothy chapter six, and I'm going to read that for you real quick. First Timothy chapter six. And I'm going to read uh, verse 3 to 7. And it says here in First Timothy chapter 6, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of the Lord Jesus unto the doctrine, which is according to what? Is it according to our lust? Is it according to our, our own desires? Oh, no. It's according to godliness. And I'm going to read that again. If any man teach Otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. Listen, what it, the description, what it's saying that this person is proud, don't know anything, but as a fool, it says dotting about questions and stripes of words, whereof comes envy, strife, railings, evil sermons perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute, listen, of the truth, supposing what that gain is godliness. The issue that it was with the children of Israel is that they wanted to prove that they had the best God. They, they not just to themselves, but to the, listen, King, come on, God, if you really God, you can give us steak, you you can give us some lamb chops, you can give us some veal here, and you you can give us some of these things right here in the desert. Yeah, but but manna, I'm, I'm for, for real. That that's all you gonna give us? You brought us out of Egypt where we was at least eating leeks and garlic. You brought us out of Egypt where we at least had some sustenance, some variety, and all you have us eating is manna and water, bread and water, for real? 
This, this is the attitude. This is what they're saying in essence. It said perverse, mistaking, and supposing that gain is godliness. From such, the Bible tells us in verse 5, withdraw yourself. People mistaking that what they have, what they possess, is what it's all about. If I possess more, God must be on my side. I'm blessed because I have. I'm blessed because I have an abundance. I'm blessed. But remember, you know, the 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 the, the ruler who said, you know, I, I I've done well. I've done so good for myself. What am I going to do? Yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I, I got so much. I'm, I'm I have so much in abundance. This is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I'm going to take these barns down because they can't contain what I have, and I'm going to build. Bigger barns. But the Bible says that the Lord called him a fool and said, tonight your life will be required of you. What will you have then? Listen, what I'm trying to tell you, Tracy Chapman said, all you have is your soul. or All you have is your heart toward God. We, this body goes back to the dust. All you have is your spirit. And we have to make sure it's washed, it's clean, that God is, we're walking circumspectly. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that we're walking perfect, but as we're walking, we're cutting away and we're allowing the spirit of God to cut away the foreskin, that God is cutting away all that filth. God is cutting all, and not just from our flesh, not that we adapt and overcome, but we are changing from the inside. We're doing like the song, oh, something on the inside, working on the outside, bringing about a change in my life. What we're doing, we're trying to clean up our lives, but never deal with the heart. Turn to Joel. Joel, let me, hallelujah. Let me, I'm not going to read this, but God, I'm going to read verse 6 and 7 out of First Timothy. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out of it. Joel chapter two. You know, I want you to hear it's a song, you know, that I that I that I had um about 2016, 2017, you know, um brought it out. But um Joel chapter two, you know, um verse twelve. Verse twelve in Joel chapter two says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn you with all of your heart, with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. My God, when, when, when you realize the condition of your heart, I, I know that's what it was for me, and still is. I still find myself laying prostrate, cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind, serve and cleanse me and take away my appetite. I understand that in this flesh dwells no good thing. I understand that God didn't come to save our flesh, but I get so upset when I see and realize the desires that's in my own heart, the desires that's in my own feel, in my own will, and in my own appetite against the things of God that I, I, I fall before him. God, you got to cleanse me. God, you got to deliver me. God, you got to not just save me, but change me from the inside. God, change me. I need to be changed. We want to be washed. We want to be redeemed, but I want to be changed. I don't want to be the same. Let me read verse 12 again. Therefore, that's verse 12 in Joel 2. Also now, said the Lord, turn ye with all your heart, not just some of your heart, all of your heart, and with fasting. So don't just turn your heart, but fast. Turn that plate down. Discipline that flesh with weeping. Break your heart. Allow the Lord to make you pliable. Put it in his hands because he is the potter and we are the clay. And with mourning, verse 13, and listen, tear, rend your heart. And not your garment. Don't don't do the outside. Don't don't tear those things that are for open show, so man can see that you changed. But allow God to see that you changed. Allow God to see the openness of your heart. As we as we're walking circumspectly, as He's cutting away the foreskin of our heart, as He's cutting away and giving us and taking away that stony heart and giving us a heart of flesh, we are allowing the Spirit of God to change. Listen, first, first, I think First Corinthians, First Corinthians three eighteen, 
you know, said, but we are with open face as we behold the glory of the Lord are changed into the same as you. You want to know why you're not seeing change and you're going to, the, you're going to church on Sunday, you're, you're praying. You, you have to recognize where the Lord is when you read the scripture. As we behold his glory in prayer, as we behold his glory in fasting, as we behold his glory in the word, as we see what he's saying to our spirit, as we behold Jesus in the word, the Bible tells us we're changed into the same image. Listen, it doesn't say that it happens overnight. It doesn't say that it happens all at once, but it says it happens from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from strength to strength every round goes higher and higher. Ring your heart and not your garments and turn it to the Lord your God. Turn. I, I like that. I, I, I like that. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repent of him of the evil. My God, uh, when you have a God that's willing to change his mind, because you changed your mind. You know, some people that some people aren't aren't gracious like that. You do something to them that they don't like, and they cut you off for life. But our God, my God, we have a merciful Father. We 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 want. But I want to make sure that you hear what I'm saying, because when we are those that don't believe that our lifestyle has to change, that we, we, we're not called to godliness, that we're not called to holiness, that we're not called to live a life that's circumspect before God. We, we, in James, it tells us that we then become hearers of the word only and not doers. But James 1 tells us, don't be a hearer only. And it tells us in James 1, 22, it says, because if you're a hearer only, then you deceive yourself. You ain't deceiving God. Bible tells us, be not deceived. God is not mocked. And the people that see you know that God ain't mocked. They know that your lifestyle doesn't match up to what you're saying. They know that you're not living according to the standard of God. But what we do is we find groups that agree. We, we find groups that agree, and that's who we fellowship with, people who think like we do. When the challenge, listen, the challenge is not for your circle. The Bible in, 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 in James 1, 22, it says, be ye doers. Listen, this, is, this, this word, this one word, it so makes, makes the whole difference. Be ye doers, listen, of the word. Not be ye, be ye doers of your dogma. Not be ye doers of your creed. Not be ye doers of your religion. Not be ye doers of your own thoughts, of your own heart and feelings and how you feel about it. But be doers of the word. You have to do what the word says. The word is the standard. I don't care what denomination you call yourself. The word is the standard. I don't care where you live at, what you believe. The word of God is the standard. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, verse 22, deceiving yourself. Then it gives us an illustration for the person who's deceiving itself, the person who looks at himself in the mirror. You know, when people always say, I thank God, I thank God, I thank God for allowing me to do this. I thank God for allowing me to accomplish it. And I don't want to talk about people because I understand I have no heaven to put you in and I have no hell to put you in. But I just want you to hear the challenge of the word of God for you that are out there that are, are living your life any kind of way and saying yes to God with your mouth, but deceiving yourself because your life doesn't depict or show that you're living what the word says. When the Bible tells us plainly, be ye doers of the word. And a person who is not a doer is like a person who looks at himself in a mirror. And they behold their own face in a mirror and turns away from the mirror. And immediately, the Bible says, forgets what they look like. That's a person who comes to God or comes in front of people and say, God, I thank God for this opportunity. I thank God. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in God. And turns around 
and immediately goes back to wicked living, immediately goes back to doing things their own way, immediately turns back and allows the enemy to deceive them. Listen, when James says that we're only deceiving ourselves, because listen, the devil's not deceived. The Bible also says in James, you say you believe God. The Bible says you do well. This is a good thing. You believe God? That's great. That's excellent. That's outstanding. But then it tells us that the demons also believe and tremble. The demons also recognize that God is who he says he is. The demons also recognize the goodness and the mercy of God. The demons also recognize the realization of Yahshua, him, Messiah. The demons also recognize who God's Christ is. And it says that they tremble, but they don't live the gospel. They don't live the word. Don't, you will seek me and find me. In that day that you search for me with your whole heart, the demons also believe and tremble. If that's you tonight and you're saying, well, I've heard you, and God knows my heart. I hear that a lot. Well, what you're saying, you can't judge me. God knows my heart. But the Bible says out of the heart come the issues of life. Where do you find your life? Is it because of riches that you've been deceived into thinking that everything is at ease in Zion? But are you like those who mistake gain for godliness? As it says in the word that we, in Timothy, that we brought nothing in the word, and surely we can take nothing out. All you have is your soul. Is your soul tonight right with God? Is your soul, have you said yes to the Lord and you're positioning and posturing yourself, posturing yourself to bow and humble yourself before the mighty hand of our God? If you're saying, yeah, but God knows my heart and, you know, I, My heart, do, but the Bible tells us that your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. There's a thing, uh, Maria, there's a thing that we used to ask in in quality art and in production at Cardone, the five whys. Why? Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to build it? Why do it work out a certain way? This is the challenge for tonight. This is the first challenge. You know, I'm usually at about five challenges by now. But this is the first challenge I want to ask you tonight. When you see that you're motivated to do something and you sing and it's a good idea, begin to ask yourself why. I want to do this. I want to minister this. I want to, why. A lot of times I found out when I asked myself why, when I finally got to about the third, and sometimes I didn't even have to go that far. I just had to ask myself why once or twice to find out that my motivation wasn't about the glory of God. My motivation was about me. My motivation was because I wanted the door to open. My motivation because I wanted people to hear me. But when it became that, God, if you don't put it in me, I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> it's a couple of Tuesdays when I called to say, hey, you have to play a recording because I ain't got nothing, you know. And I really felt, you know, but a pastor friend of mine who went home to be with the Lord, I told I said, listen, when, when I'm emotionally drained like that and I'm feeling I'm empty and I have nothing, what do you do? He said, be instant in season and out of season. When you feel like it, preach. When you don't feel like it, preach. When you're happy, preach. When you're sad, preach. Whatever you find your state to be in, you have to preach. You have to be constant. You have to be consistent. Those words, he says, he tells us, you know, that God is a rewarder of them that sometimes, occasionally, seldomly. No, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Thank you, Maria. Maria um, Castanier used to work with me, you know, quality inspector, auditor, and manager uh, Cardone. You know, she doesn't know, um, I'm going to say this in front of everybody, her character. I remember she told me off one time, but she never raised her voice. She didn't use any foul language. She didn't, didn't posture herself. She just told me straight face-to-face, you know, of some behavior that I had in some way that I had been acting. And when she left, I knew I had been told off, and it was so nice. I, I knew I had been corrected, but the way she did it was so, oh, my goodness, it was so nice. I was so impressed. I was, <laughs> I was told off, but I was impressed. I said, my God, I got to learn how to talk like that. <laughs> I got to learn how to be able to do that. But it was unbelievable. I, I, I'm, I, I'm still, you can see, I, I was impressed. <laughs> I was told off, but I was impressed by that telling off. So I thank God for, and I, I truly thank God for you that will hear this word. You know, And I pray that you have a heart of repentance, that you'll do even as it says in the Bible, in Joel, that you'll rend your heart and not your garment, that you'll stop trying to make an outward show to impress people and that you'll tear your heart before God. Listen, and Joel said that he's gracious and merciful and of great kindness, my God, that he may repent of the evil, that he will forgive you and cleanse you. Hallelujah, my God. I'm going to say a prayer. It's a prayer that we say of repentance, and I want you to pray with me. And I want you to say it, and I want you to mean it. I want you to mean what you say. You know, I've said this, and we've been on Purpose Kingdom for a few years now. So if you've heard this, if you've seen uh, the broadcast of um, DTW several times, hopefully by now you may know the prayer. And I want you to put your words in there. I I want you to learn this prayer because, listen, we all repent. All the time. We, we It's not just a one-time thing. Yeah, I might come to the altar once, maybe twice, but I might repent. I might ask God to forgive me every day, several times a day, you know, for that look, for that stare, for that, for that thought. You know, someone said something to me in the way I really felt in my heart about what they said, but I didn't open my mouth but how I felt in my heart. God, forgive me. I felt that thing. Listen, those things, those offenses come to show you what's in you. It, it doesn't come that you can separate from your brother, from your sister. It doesn't come for you to separate against your family. It comes to show you you. Say this prayer with me. Say it and mean it, and God will do exactly what you've asked him to do. Say, God, be merciful to me. Forgive me of my sin and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I ask it in Jesus' name and to his glory. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and master of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. If you said what you meant and meant what you said, God has done exactly what you've asked of him. Let me pray for you. Then we're going to bring on our brother Rob, and he's going to have some announcements, you know, and some things, some information for you on how to correspond with Purpose Kingdom. And then we're going to um, come back with the final words and the benediction. But first, let me pray. God, I do thank you for every man, every woman, every boy and girl that heard your word. For we we are confident and we rejoice because we know, God, that your word will not return to you void. God, but it will accomplish what you sent it out to do, and it will prosper in the thing that you sent it. So I pray that you sent the word in the heart of every hearer, God, in the name of Jesus, that it will bring forth fruit to your own glory, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. In the name of Jesus, 
I pray and take charge over the enemy that may have the mind of everyone that hears. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I loose the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that you, hallelujah, by your anointing would destroy every yoke in every life, every stronghold that's holding people in bondage. God, in the name of Jesus, I charge and rebuke every deaf and dumb spirit that would have the word that will not be heard, God, but that you would open their ears, that you would open their mouths, that they may give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Brother Rob. Amen. Amen. Brother Rob's going to come and give us our announcements and information that we can move forward um, into our continued broadcast. And then again, I'll come back with the final words and the benediction. All right. All right. Great word today, Reverend Williams, uh, or rather tonight. Uh, I really enjoyed it in a very, very powerful uh, message. Okay, real quickly, I'll go ahead into the uh, announcements. This is the Product Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you're listening to, to us via phone or Internet, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support for here at Purpose Kingdom. And we thank, also thank those that share with their friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air tonight. Okay, and uh, anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live from www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live show, we have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. And anytime you want to talk to our host, you can just press the number one. And uh, we also uh, invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is, at, uh, which is Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. Uh, there you'll hear our upcoming, or you'll be able to see some of our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we make major announcements on that uh, that media webpage, as well as others that we have, uh, like we have Instagram and Twitter, and we're there under Purpose underscore Kingdom. And from there, you'll you can do likewise there. <clears throat> and uh, if you want to contact us via email, you can contact us at Purpose Kingdom Net at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a praise report. We're gladly out of that. And uh, we do have a radio network, which is pkn.com, and there you can listen to 24 hours of music of inspiration. Uh, and we do have um, another avenue of multimedia, which is Radio Co., and you can just type in PKN and just follow us there on Radio Co. All right, and... Uh, tomorrow evening, we will be broadcasting at the 9 p.m. hour, and that's going to be the dwelling place with Sister Dominique Hudson. And once again, with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for the the dwelling place, and that's going to be hosted by Sister Dominique Hudson. And with that, that's going to be the end of the announcement, and um, I'm going to bring back on Reverend Williams so we can uh, close out the show. Reverend Williams? Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're all growing in this thing um, called Christendom, called Christianity, called to be saints. You know, we're called to a way that's called holiness. Um, And God did not call us to something that's impossible. He called us to something that we can't do, but beauty of the Holy Ghost. My God, that, that's the beauty of having the Spirit of God on the inside. Listen, the children of Israel had the law. They, they had the law. They had everything that told them what not to do. And, and I need you to hear this because even with that, now, 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 now there is a scripture, and I'm going to have that for you next week. There is a next week, well, excuse me, now, let me make first make sure that I got the dates right. The next time that we're on the air, um, today is the 21st, the next time we're on the air will be March the 7th, which is on the Tuesday. Again, we're on every other Tuesday. It's March the 7th. But there is a scripture that tells you that there were, there were those and those prophets that were filled with the Spirit of the Lord. You know, even in the Old Testament, it doesn't say it was the Holy Spirit or anything like that, but they were filled. And not, God didn't just dwell on those that prophesied and, and did wonders, miracles. There's it, several people that he, it says that he was in them. So uh, I, I'm not going to totally rule out that the Holy Spirit 
was was there and dwelling in people, but all they had was the law. All they had was the law giver, was Moses, but not all of them perished in the wilderness. That meant that even without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, some of them still lived for God. That, that's powerful. Don't, don't miss that. Don't miss that. But that's not to say so much about us because God even said it. When we messed up and we did all these things wrong, God considered and remembered that we were nothing but dust. That we were nothing. <laughs> that we were nothing but dust. So what the law could not do in that it was weak through faith. God sending his own son and for sin, condemning sin in the flesh, died that we can come and live triumphantly in this present world how by faith by faith by faith i live for god by faith my flesh still acts up i still feel the craziness i still feel the motions of sin in my members but by faith i'm saved it's not just a belief. It's not just something that I grab up in my head and I, well, I don't care what I do. I'm saved by faith. No. Faith without works is dead, James tells us. We live this thing out by faith. And, and, and the beauty of it is not even my own faith. It's not even my own. It's his faith. It's, it's his faith. It's the spirit of God, Christ, on the inside, reconciling us to himself, through faith, through the spirit dwelling on the earth. Now, I know I'm talking around. That sounds like a lot, but wow. We have God on the inside by faith, who we surrender to by faith, who we live for by faith, who through faith is given of his son that his son indwells us by faith, by his spirit, that now by faith we can live out and carry out the will of God in the earth. My God, hallelujah. Our minister, Brother Marrow, I, I, I don't want to say his thing because he, he might have a copyright on it. <laughs> but we good, hallelujah. How are we good? By faith. I want you guys to be encouraged. You know, that's always my desire is that you not only hear me, but that you're encouraged to move, to repent, to continue to live, to stand up for God and to let God stand up in you. Because at the end of the day, what difference does it matter if I make a great name for myself and nobody knew God? What a tragedy. What a tragedy to have someone that's supposed to stand in the space of God, to speak for God, and everybody only heard him and never heard from God. What a tragedy. But I want to make sure, because the things that I say to you are not just challenges for you. Yeah, I give you challenges, and I challenge you to do this, and I challenge you to do that, but they're not just challenges for you. They're challenges also that I've either lived through or living through or will have to live through because we're moving forward in God. God, I do thank you, and I bless you. I pray for my brother Van, who asked me to pray for him, God, that you would touch him and pray for his family, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for Officer Fitzgerald in Philadelphia who lost his life, God, in the line of duty, and pray for his family. God, I pray for those officers and, and that squad in blue, God, that are mourning and grieving, God, and just, God, that you saturate us, even as the song we played before the broadcast, at the beginning of the broadcast, that you would saturate us by your spirit. I pray for the youth and those that are in and leading the way over in Ashbury, God, with the movement that's going over in there, the revival that's going over in there. Uh, God, that it would catch like wildfire, that it would flow from heart to heart, from breast to breast. God, I pray for my sister Maria, 
God, and her family, God, that you would continue to cover them and keep a hedge about them, that you would bless them, God, but not only that you would bless them, God, but that you would continue to make them a blessing, protect and watch over all of the saints, God, that have been tuning in and will tune into this broadcast, that will hear the words. I pray that you give them ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, y'all. Guys, have a great evening. We'll see you on March the 7th, Lord willing, same time, same channel. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. Jesus led. He raised me. I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose. Set me free. I will not lose. Never want to see me down. I will not lose. He saved me. 